Jay from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. How you doing, Darren? John, I'm doing A-OK, as always. Well, that's Living the life. <laughs> that, that didn't... You didn't buy that? No, not really, no. no. All right, well... All right, well, that's all I I mean, get. it could be true. I'm just saying I personally do not buy it. Um, you think I'm faking it? I'm, I'm, a, I'm pumping myself up like a morning DJ uh, radio host. And, you know, when the, once the mics are off, I'm just back to staring at my phone all despondent, just looking into the void. Is that what you're trying to say? Sure. I mean, that's why should you be any better than the rest of us? Wow. Uh, that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fair point. Yeah, I mean, Fair we're, we're going so. through a dark time. <laughs> this is the darkest timeline. <laughs> it kind of is. So. Yeah, and uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, if it's, uh, yeah, it's cold. Uh, I mean, here on the East Coast, uh, it, it is. Uh, I believe the temperature is a uh, brick, as the uh, yeah. young urbans say. Uh, is that what they're saying now? Yeah, yeah. You never heard that term, brick? Uh, I don't think I have, no. Yeah, like I, I, super... am, I am very Caucasian. I, Got I, it. I didn't think I'd need to remind you of this, but yeah, <laughs> very Caucasian. You are more likely to hear this slang of the young urban youths than I am. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> right. But yeah, like when it's like super cold outside, they say it's like it's brick. It's brick cold. It's, it's brick. brick. Right. I'm not quite getting the connection between bricks and cold temperatures. Um, I, I don't quite get it either, but I guess, you know, it's cold as, as a brick. So it's brick out. Uh, okay. 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 I'm, I'm going to go to urban dictionary uh, when we're done here. Is urban dictionary oh, need... still a thing? I don't even know. I feel like even that's it... an outdated reference at this point. Yeah. No, I think, it, I mean, dude, I'm your urban dictionary. What are you talking about? I'm from the streets. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, right. so I will. I will just call you whenever I am confused by slang that I hear. No diggity. <laughs> okay, this system will not backfire me on me at all. I don't see how it could. Don't see how it could. Don't see how. It... So anyway, there, you know, SNL is back after uh, what was it? A week away? Was that right? Uh. Was it just one uh, week they broke? Uh, it was like a week or two. I think it, it feels was. like longer. I don't know. The, I know that the Paul Rudd show, that was the last show of 2021. Uh, this is the first show of 2022. Um, we had a little bit of news. We had um, a couple writers leave. Um, and we uh, Allison Gates and Streeter Seidel have been promoted to head writers of the show. So congratulations to uh, both of them. hey that's exciting, and I think those are good choices. Yeah, I mean, I think we've uh, we've expressed how much we really like Street of Seidel's stuff. Like every time we mm-hmm. he, we we watch a sketch that really resonates and pops with us, nine times out of ten, it's a Streeter joint. So uh, to make mm-hmm. him head writer, it's only it only makes sense. Yep, yep. I th- I think he's uh, turned out a lot of really strong material uh, in particular. So yeah, so. Um, and this uh, week we had uh, Ariana DeBose hosting and uh, Bleachers musical guesting. We had a bit of a kerfluffle with the musical <laughs> guest 
this week. Oh, by the way, this is uh, SNL episode uh, 10 from season 47 from January 15th, 2022. So, but yeah, we, we had a little bit of a kerfluffle with the uh, originally booked musical guest. There was like a bit of a COVID scare there, apparently. Yes, there was a bit of an oopsie do. Uh, I, I I, they were kind of vague about it, but basically, uh, it was supposed to be the rapper Roddy Rich, of course, from uh, uh-huh. the announcer for Price is Right, and right. Uh, of course, and apparently he said somebody in his team contracted COVID. Now I don't know if, I mean, he he didn't say he got it or somebody in his like uh, in his entourage. He said basically somebody in his area, his vicinity, his circle, got, tested positive right. for COVID. So he said, yeah, I'm going to have to bow out. Uh, SNL and I were going to try to figure out another time for me to come on. And so he he bowed out. And um, just in the nick of time, the, the band Bleachers came in. Uh, now, now, John, were you familiar with Bleachers at all when you heard the news? Uh, I was not. I've since learned that um, the the lead singer, uh, whose name I don't have handy right now, where, where is his name? Um, Jack Antonoff. Thank you, Jack, Jack Antonoff. Uh, he's apparently worked as a producer for a lot of artists, and he was also in the band Fun. So I was familiar with the band Fun. So I was more familiar with him than I realized. Yeah, like uh, Jack Antonoff, uh, you know, Jersey Zone, Bergen County represent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's right. like one of these guys who, um, uh, like you said, he's kind of known for being a pretty of a super producer. Um, he's worked with, you know, Lana Del Rey. He's worked with Taylor Swift. And like you said, he was in the band Fun, who had those two huge hits a couple years ago, uh, We Are Young and Some Nights. And um, mm-hmm. he's in a few other bands, too. And uh, he's in this band, uh, Bleachers, which I looked on Wikipedia. It, it describes Bleachers as a band that does pop music that is heavily influenced by late 80s, early 90s, and the high school films, the high school-based films of John Hughes while still using modern production techniques, which is okay. That's that's quite a description, and that, um, that is a niche. Yeah, yeah, and like if you look at the albums that Bleachers have put out, you definitely see. You could definitely hear it. It has like, it's it does have like an old school eighties nineties feel and vibe to it, but it's a little bit more modernized. And um, yeah, he's done like a ton of stuff. With other artists too, like uh, if you look at the old Bleachers album, did the song he does with Lana Del Rey? Does this, he had the song with Yoko Ono? And he wow. uh, on the yeah, and on the last album that just came out, I think it's called um, "Taking the Sadness Out of Saturday Night" or something something like that. But uh, on the last album that just came out a year ago, he has a song with Bruce Springsteen, which um, you know, if you've seen the performances, which we'll get to. It's very, it's very obvious that he's a huge uh, Springsteen fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was seeing that comparison a lot on the social media. Yeah. All right. I, the last album he came out with, uh, Bleachers, uh, "Take the Sadness Out of Saturday Night," and now he got okay. to perform on Saturday Night Live. Well, look at that! Look at that! So you know, it's cool that they they got somebody uh, to come in, sort of last minute ish, um, and. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, Roddy will be able to come back before the season is out. So that would be nice. That's right, Roddy Rich, come on down when you can. Mm-hmm. When you're not, when, when you don't have the the Rona. When you're not infectious, yes, yes. And yes. Uh, yeah, we had we were a few cast members down on this uh, episode. I know uh, Cecily Strong 
was not showing up because she is busy uh, doing her one-woman show on Broadway, The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe. And she actually uh, popped up on uh, Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show this week, and she appeared remotely on that show because she's uh, isolating herself because, you know, it's a one-woman show. She doesn't have any sort of understudy, so she's isolating herself as much as possible to... Uh, so she doesn't get infected because, you know, she gets sick. That, that would be very bad. Yeah. Then the whole show closed. That makes sense. So I'm assuming we're, we're not going to mm-hmm. see Cecily until maybe March or so. Cause I think the show um, goes on I, until like mid February. I think the show closes like sometime late February. If I remember correctly, I don't have the dates up in front of me. I think it was sometime in February. Yeah. It's, it wasn't running real, real long. Um, but you know, I saw that she was appearing remotely on, Fallon show, which also records on 30 Rock. I was like, oh, okay, so she's not going to pop up on the show this week at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You can't take any chances. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's not much point in having an understudy for a one-woman show, because, you know, if, yeah. if you're going out to see that show, you're going out to see Cecily Strong. You, you don't want to hear, <laughs> you, you don't want to see just some rando. You know, if, if you're doing yes. doing, like, a big show like Hamilton or something, yeah, it can be disappointing if you have an understudy, but you, you're still seeing the show. So, Right, you don't want to be there like, oh, the role of Cecily Strong will be played by uh, random lady number five over here. Right, right. And uh, also, uh, A.D. Bryant and Punky Johnson were also both absent, and I don't know what the deal was with that. Yeah, yeah. That's, I noticed they didn't show up in any sketches either. I don't know if that's... Uh... Because they just weren't roles for them, or maybe they're under the weather, or at, at who knows? They're just, I don't know. But who hopefully knows? they're fine. I, yeah, and I don't want to just speculate recklessly, but we hope they're they're both doing well. Absolutely. Appar- apparently, Punky Johnson made some sort of joke on Instagram that she had gotten married, but that was just a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say, oh, congrats, and like, oh no, it's a, it's a fib. No, no. But, okay. you know, hey, uh, uh, James Austin Johnson had, had a baby. Or, you know, he and hey. his wife had a baby. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's yeah, cool. I don't, yeah, I don't think he had it, because I, I don't think the science is there yet. Medical science is not advanced to that degree quite yet. So, yeah, that's right. why because I medi- corrected myself. Right, because medical science is not working on that, because men do not want to have babies. We were no. like, yeah. no, you, we'll leave that to the experts. We'll let you ladies take care of that. We'll just stay here and run everything and pay you uh, a third of what you should be getting. Yeah, but you can. Have, but you ladies can have babies. Go at it. Go nuts. Yep. 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 You're welcome, so, ladies. Anyway, you're welcome. You're welcome. Because you know we're we're givers. <laughs> All right. So should we dive into the show? Let's dive into this show. Let's let's get into it. Okay, so uh, starting out, we had a uh, message from the president, cold open, and who better to have on the cold open than the cold open kid himself, James Austin Johnson, as Joe Biden. We got jumping Joe Biden back. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so he's uh, Joe Biden hasn't had the greatest couple of weeks. He's he's having some trouble, and uh, Joe Biden's just kind of addressing the nation about that and. Uh, now, since we, we have COVID spikes happening again, he, he says, there's one simple thing you can do to make this virus go away. Stop seeing Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, and then that's kind of 
the theme throughout the sketch because, you know, Spider-Man came out December 17th. Uh, you know, I think mm-hmm. I saw it the 16th. A f- fantastic film, but that's, you know, that's for another podcast. Yeah, it, it's great. I <laughs> haven't really felt right about going to see it since then, though, because, like, as they note, it started to spike right after. Right. And so, like, basically, he, he, basically the, the, the crux of the sketch is, yeah, people just keep going and seeing and rewatching Spider-Man, and that causes the COVID to go up. So, stop seeing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, there. Uh, every Spider-Man screening is a super spreader event, and they're like, "Are you saying we shouldn't go to any movies?" And he's like, "No, just Spider-Man." <laughs> um, yeah, so, you can you can see Encanto um, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was okay. I felt like they just really repeated that one joke a whole lot. Um, so uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, re- it really kind of. I mean that the whole thing was kind of really hinging on. James to like really sell it and kind of depend on his charisma like that like most like he was doing most of the heavy lifting because the jokes yeah. were all right but they really weren't quite there yeah um we had Andrew Dismukes as a nerdy reporter saying do you think that's elsewhere in the multiverse there's another version of Bo- Joe Biden that wants you to see Spider-Man and uh then it kind of emerges we have we have Pete Davidson come out as Joe Biden from like the the real universe. And it turns out that our universe is just this weird parallel dimension that started when the Cubs uh, won the world series in 2016. Right. Because like, uh, because James Austin Johnson's Biden does bring that up saying, well, doesn't the fact that we're on, we're in a alternate universe, doesn't that make more sense (laughs) than, than (laughs) anything as to what all the insanity that's happening. And, the audience uh, agreed with a, a huge, hearty applause at that uh, at that at that yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I mean things are pretty insane. So, yeah, pretty insane. You know, and he's talking about how Spider Man has his villains. He has uh, Joe Man- Mansion and Christian Cinema because he can't get the Voting Rights Act passed. And um, yeah, he you know he brings up a lot of stuff that's been happening with him and how it seems like we're in alternate reality, an alternate universe that's on the verge of collapse at any moment. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, who, uh, mm. <laughs> it's, it cuts a little too deep. It does make a certain sense. Yeah. And, and we have Pete Davidson come on as the quote unquote real Joe Biden. And it's, you know, just Pete Davidson with like a jacket over him and his tattoos, uh, showing through. And, you know, he, yeah, no, he's sure. like the cool Biden who's hip and, and cool. Um, <laughs> The and he, he says that like the the real universe it's better for everybody except for Pete Davidson in that universe. So, right, nice little uh, Pete Davidson shade at himself. He's, he's not mm-hmm. above that. So I don't know. What, what did you think of this? I thought it was I thought it was more weird than funny. I wasn't too too impressed by it. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought it was um overall I thought it was a good way to open the show. Uh, yeah, the jokes weren't super solid, but like, I think the, when they bring up the multiverse, that kind of, it, it kind of picks it up a little bit more. And that's when the, um, the alternate universe, uh, Joe Biden played by Pete Davidson added a little something. And when they say live mm-hmm. from New York a Saturday night, and then some random person in a Spider-Man outfit comes out of nowhere. 
yeah. just jumps around. Who didn't stage. really know where his mark was because he was like barely on camera. He, he just he had trouble being in the shot. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe the multiverse thing could have worked better if they brought in a few more Bidens. That might have been fun. Um, you know, like you know, bring back um, Alex Moffat as his Biden. Um, oh, I'm, I'm assuming they couldn't do another Jason Sudeikis Biden cameo, but oh, that Woody that might have been fun. We had like Bidens from a few other alternate worlds, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, like Woody Harrelson Biden, and then John Mulaney Biden mm-hmm. come out. That yeah, actually would. Yeah, that's, that's actually better. I think we, I think we, we rewrote a better sketch right there. Yeah, I, I don't know how feasible that is, how available any of those people would be, and if they were like anywhere close to New York City, but. It's just an idea that I had. Okay. Uh, yeah, but overall, I thought it was, the opening was okay. Um, it kind of meanders a little bit when he just he keeps repeating, "Stop seeing Spider-Man, stop seeing Spider-Man." But then when the yeah. multiverse, yeah. I mean, like, thing comes as, in. as you often say, it didn't really build. Um, it was just kind of that that right. one joke over and over. Um, so I don't know. I, yeah, I wasn't too thrilled with it. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so okay next uh, we have the uh, Ariana DeBose monologue. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess she had some nervous energy because when she came out, she said, you know, 2020 has already been a wild year. And, you know, we are essentially all still living in 2020. So it's an understandable yeah. mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still writing 2020 in all my checks. I'm still writing 2020 on all my suicide notes. So, you know. Um, <laughs> Damn it, that's a better joke. Shit. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, you, you got it. You got it. I, I got to give okay. it to you. You got it. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, she's she's having a, a, a good year. She's She just won a Golden Globe. I think there's also buzz about her getting like an Oscar nomination for West Side Story. Um, uh, so, yeah, she's, she's, she's also, right. uh, she's doing all right. She's actually got nominated for a SAG award recently as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I also saw on social media, she's actually the 200th woman to host SNL. And I think the 12th, uh, Latina. Oh, all right. Not so, bad. So that's pretty far cool. out. Mm-hmm. Go on, Ariana DeBose. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we know her. I mean, she was in Hamilton. Uh, she was in Schmigadoon, which we recently watched. Uh, yeah, so she's she's doing well for herself. And and she's in the West Side Story thing. Uh, have you have you seen West Side Story? I have not. Uh, no, I, ha- I, I don't really yeah. have any. It, like, I think I said it before in the last episode we did. It looks beautiful. It looks visually stunning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've. Yeah. I know the West Side Story. I saw I've seen the old movie years and years ago. I'm like, right. I don't know. Is this going to bring anything new that I haven't seen? Like, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not I'm just not pumped to see it. I might watch it. If, they, knows, brought, if they brought in some things from the other West Side Story multiverses. Yeah, then maybe that would have moved the needle a little bit. Mm, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to bring in multiverses to you know, to just pump up everything in our lives now i guess yeah no they, yeah that's what we have to do yeah hmm. i mean i think i think that is the clear solution um fair enough 
So uh, we have Kate McKinnon come in, uh, crash from the monologue. Um, she said that she also has not seen West Side Story. She says, I didn't leave the house because of COVID and also because I don't leave the house. That probably hit close and home to it, you, for you. Yeah, this, this was, I mean, Kate McKinnon is my spirit animal. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember like them doing a musical thing a few years back. It was like a pre-tape segment where I think everybody was talking about how great their apartments were. And Kate McKinnon was just like, you know, alone with my cat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Kate has heavy introvert vibes. So uh, I, she, I relate to that. She's a homebody. She's a homebody. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, I, th- um, I mean, I thought this uh, call. I thought this monologue was interesting too because it's the first monologue in a long time where it wasn't just the host talking to the audience and telling them, you know, telling the audience about themselves and their background. Mm-hmm. This is like we one had a where, little oh, that, but I mean, but she's you know she's a musical star, so I think it makes sense that they had her you know do a do a medley of songs from West Side Story, and apparently Kate is a huge fan of West Side Story, so they did a duet, and they sang Tonight, I Feel Pretty, America, some other songs that I didn't write down. Um, uh, It was cute. Yeah. They were having fun with it, obviously. Yeah, it was cute and fun enough. At one point, um, we have Ariana doing the mambo dance, and then she points to Kate to take take it away, Kate. And Kate just Mm -hmm. says, oh, no, it's okay. They know I dance. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, And there was also one thing that I noticed, uh, too, when they were singing I Feel Pretty. And, you know, the line where they say, I feel pretty and witty and gay. And then Mm -hmm. Kate sort of holds out her fist to Ariana to fist bump her. And then Ariana fist Uh bumps her back. Like, I didn't quite get that. And then I went, like, this morning, I went back and did a little bit more research. And I saw, oh, Ariana... um, DeBose identifies as queer, so she's part of the LGBTQ. So that fist pump, when they said "I feel pretty and witty and gay," and they did the fist pump, okay, that was like a little, okay. was like a little nod, like "Hey, I see you, I see you there, gay sister." I think I think I noticed that the first time I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, I should I should investigate that because I have no idea, you know, what she identified as." Um, and then I forgot. <laughs> so I'm glad you, I'm glad you looked. <laughs> Way to do your job, ally. Look, I'm an ally, but I am a forgetful ally. <laughs> so, John Trump, so, a forgetful yeah, ally. I'm on your side, but you're just going to have to remind me a few times. <laughs> to, text me reminders. Text me reminders. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that she was like uh, identified as queer. And that actually explains another sketch that happens on later in the night a little bit more. Where I'm like, oh, okay, this mm, makes more yes. sense now. Yes we'll, yes, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there, and I I know which sketch uh, you mean. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so uh, our first sketch uh, was NBA on TNT with uh, with Keenan as Charles ba- Barkley, um, Bowen playing Yao Ming, uh, and they have you know Bowen boosted up so he's as inhumanly tall as Yao Ming is. And the joke here is that the Sacramento Kings have been replaced by fans because the entire team has COVID. All the team, the entire team and the coach. And the coach, yes. So it's it, they just have fans 
playing in their stead. And uh, it goes well right. as well as you would expect. Right. I mean, at one point they say that I, the... Uh, they, had, they had one player's... Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say at one point they had the equipment manager, uh, Dougie McCormick. Uh, you know, play on the on the team, and uh, I think he had like two asthma attacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was in his stats. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You, you, what were you gonna say? I, I was gonna lead up to the asthma attack thing too. So yeah, we were on the same ah, page. We're in sync. So, um, yeah, th- this was all right. I didn't. Uh, relate to it in a, in a big, big way, just because I'm not a sports person. I don't watch any sports shows, so I'm only vaguely familiar with most sports commentators. I mean, I know who Charles Barkley and Yao Ming are, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, this was this was cute, but it didn't really send me. Uh, I mean, this had a few moments. I, I did dig it. I did think, though, it went on a little too long, because I looked it up uh-huh. on YouTube. This sketch was like, it's like a six-minute long sketch. I was like, uh, they kind of could have taken out long. a few things. Yeah. They could have taken yeah. out a few things here and there, but there were a, a lot of things in the sketch I like. Like when, uh, I mean, I like Bowen's portrayal of Yao Ming. He basically has him as like this deep voice, almost like Lurch from the Adams Family type of character. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, it is Yao. I am here. Um, I like how uh, Charles Barkley is just enamored and tickled with Yao Ming saying things like, yeah, you know, he's, he's huge. You know, I saw him eat an entire pumpkin, stem and all. Mm-hmm. I like to, like when, that. I think he was trying to do a high five with Yao Ming and they had a, like a fake hand come in to, <laughs> to, and Yao Ming's head, hand is as big as Keenan's head. Uh, that was, that was cute. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Um, I liked when they cut to uh, Heidi Gardner's character, who was a reporter uh, talking to one of the uh, Sacramento Kings players um, after the game, and he's just some guy who like does uh, pick up basketball at the Y, and he's just exhausted yeah. and he's scared, and he says, "Yeah, I'm gonna stop doing this because uh, basketball is an impossible sport played by giants and gods." Yeah, yeah, which is something I've thought since grade school. Yes, same. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ask my gym teachers; they'll tell you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh, I'm having disturbing real. childhood flashbacks now. Huh. Um, <laughs> I still can't climb the rope. Still can't do it. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So next we had a pre-tape. Uh, this is called Urkel Reboot. This was written by Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel. Uh, this was kind of playing off. There was a trailer that dropped this week for a reboot of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but it's like a dramatic reboot, and it's, co- it's called Bel-Air, right? Yeah, so basically what happened is... Uh, this is a weird story. So basically what happened is somebody put together a video for this fictitious show called Bel-Air, where it's basically telling the story of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the sitcom, the NBC sitcom from the 90s, but doing a, like a dramatic twist on it. And the way it was shot looked so real and so good that it went viral. And, like, people were like, what is wait, this wait, a wait. real oh, show? So that's, that's not going to be a real show? I thought that well, was here, a real show. Well, no, here's the thing. It wasn't a real show. It went viral, and it got all this buzz, and people really responded to it. Will Smith saw it and was like, oh, let's make this a real show. 
So now, because of that viral trailer, now it is going to be a real show on Peacock. Okay, wow. I didn't know that backstory. I thought that was just something that was being done. I, I guess I missed that viral video when it first came around. But when I saw it, it immediately reminded me of a sketch that they did on SNL a few years ago that Chris Redd was also starring in, oddly enough, where he it was the beginning of the Fresh Prince sitcom where he's you know doing doing the rap and just explaining the premise of the show but they have like the gangs come after him to bel air and it it escalates in a big big way and yeah um i re- i retweeted that uh from the snl nerds show uh twitter account and uh wow i didn't i didn't realize that this was a joke that that then became a real thing that's weird right yeah yeah no it was like a video that somebody put out just for for fun but it was like shot really well he could, he could kind of spell, uh-huh. you can tell he kind of spent money on it and it looked really oh. good and it looked so good that it caught the eye of Will Smith and he saw how people were kind of hyped for it so he was like hey let's let's make this into a real thing and here we are wow okay i'm going to have to <laughs> go find that video uh when we're done here um yeah so yeah. here the twist they put on it is they do a gritty, uh, dramatic reboot of Family Matters with uh, with Chris Redd playing Urkel, Keenan playing Reginald Bell Johnson, and Ego as the, the sister that Urkel had a crush on. Uh, Laura, yeah. Sister, John. <laughs> okay, okay. I never watched the Family Matters, so I only know like the broad strokes of the show. Um, what did you think of this? Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I kind of liked the idea of it, but I mean, with this sketch, it kind of, it kind of fizzled out towards the end. It's, it seems like uh-huh. that, like the idea of it is good, but they didn't really have, they didn't really kind of know where to go with it. I thought, yeah, because it kind of, it's kind of starts with him being like this, you know, living in the inner city of Chicago, um, him being in love with Laura and then him, you know, beating up a dude that's like that hooks up with Laura, you know, I, I do like yeah. how he, he, I mean, it's Andrew Dismukes. I do like how Chris Red, who plays Urkel confronts Andrew Dismukes character saying, you don't love her. You don't love her. And he, and Andrew says, nah, but I love how she makes it clap though. Like, <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh. You hear him say yeah. that. But then, I mean, after that he beats up Andrew and he threatens to shoot him saying, Oh, did you know, what if I shoot you? Should I do that? And, um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it kind of, yeah, I mean, it kind of doesn't know where to go. I feel like I'm, I'm just now remembering on the, on the real family matters. Wasn't there like an actress who played a sister that they wrote out of the show? And then that actress eventually ended up in porn. Am I remembering that right? Yes. Judy Winslow. Yeah. That was, uh, that was really something. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, I mean, for those, <clears throat> sorry. So uh, for those that don't know, basically, in um family matters there were three kids in the family like uh the, the little sister laura winslow and the older son eddie and like they never really gave judy winslow anything to to do so uh-huh. like i remember like one episode she just kind of went upstairs to her room and like the next episode or she kind of got written out of the show they never mentioned her they never they brought just, her they up just shook cunningham her out of the show yeah, it was like um like on Happy Days with uh the brother Chuck, 
Like he just, yeah, he just, yeah, yeah. Just like the next episode, then there, there, there was no Judy Winslow. It was, it was always just Laura and Eddie. And then I think then, then they brought in a younger, cuter kid to sort of take the place of Judy and like, oh, you know. oh, that's that's bad. Yeah, that's that's was, best in the night. Yeah, it was like the aunt's son, and he became like the precocious little kid. And uh, oh. yeah, then Judy was just off the show. And then, yeah, yeah, years and years later, you see online that, uh, you know, little, little Judy, little Judy's doing, uh, doing, uh, doing the sexy stuff. Adult on, films. On adult, yeah, uh, erotic, erotic entertainment on, uh, on, uh, on the videos. Oh, well, it's, that's, yeah, that's not good. It's not good. Something, you know, you much... know like, <laughs> what was it they said in, in a sketch uh, a, a while back? There was like, nobody plans to do porn. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that was something Amy Poehler said in, in some sketch or another. God damn it. Now I got to look that up. I remember it, but I don't remember yeah. who said it. That's, yeah, that, that was... I just remember her delivery on that. She was just like, well, nobody plans to do porn. I can't remember if that was an SNL sketch or maybe it was one of uh, the Golden Globes monologues that she did with Tina Fey. But uh, uh, yeah, actually, it you know, that's it. It is one of it is the uh, I'm looking up now. It is a Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Golden Globes uh, speech. Good memory, man. Well, there you go. Well, I, I think I rewatched those not too, too long ago. So, you know, every every once in a while, you just get the urge to rewatch those. So, yeah, far, far. Or at out. least I do. anyway. But. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, uh, back to this sketch. Um, yeah, like I feel like it kind of peters out toward the end. It doesn't kind of know what it wants to do with this premise. Uh, I like yeah. uh, I like Keenan's uh, Reginald Val Johnson impression. I thought he, I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty sp- legit. But um, I kind of yeah. compared it to uh, another pre-tape they did, uh, the Grouch, with on the David Harbor episode when they did the yeah, whole that was gritty. Yeah, that was way better. They kind of knew more what to do with it. They kind of explored the world more. Here, it's kind of I don't know. They seem to be kind of meandering and petering or petering out uh, a bit. So I was like, eh, yeah, there's something here, but they just it just didn't uh, develop. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, next we have Winter Formal. Uh, this is uh, Sarah Sherman and Pete Davidson. Uh, they're running Ron and Donna's Formal Emporium, and they're just like. Pitching their services for your daughter's winter formal, and if and as an extra thing, they're also offering up their son Donovan as a potential date because uh, nothing's going to happen to your daughter if she goes out with Donovan because Donovan wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this sketch was a hoot. I, I think this was mm-hmm. written by the Please Don't Destroy guys, if I'm not mistaken. It was, yes. Yeah. Right. And um uh, yeah, and it's Harley, basically... John Higgins and Ben Marshall. Yes. PDD boys. And uh mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh it's pretty much that. Like these two kind of, you know, Staten Island, Long Island stereotype couples and like they're giving they're selling um all these things for prom night, like a limo made out of two Toyota Corollas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um and and they get very specific about all of, you know, Donovan's maladies or what makes him weird or an odd date. Uh, I liked the line, your daughter is guaranteed to remain unpenetrated. Um, that's a great line. And yes. uh, 
and and a nice guarantee. I, I right. can see how that would be appealing for a parent. <laughs> yeah, and he's a lazy wiper. You can smell it. <laughs> and they they turn him around at one point, and they show that he has clinical swamp ass, and he's got like this whole wet strip going down the middle of of the back of his pants. Yeah, um, and like yeah, it's uh. Yeah, Andrew the Smooks really sells it too. Like the, the fact that he has yeah. like uh, just wetness swamp bass on his on his ass. The fact that he has weird crusty lips all the time. Like, and then they zoom in on his lips. Yeah, yeah. The parents are like, "What is that? Cream cheese? Why are your lips and, like and that?" And he doesn't he doesn't dance the entire night, but then he goes nuts to get low. <laughs> <laughs> Get low is a banger uh, in his defense. Dismukes seems to really be carving out uh, a niche for himself as the nerdy kid or the weird kid, and he, he's like always the nerdy weird one in sketches, and he yeah. he seems to excel at that. He's really good. he's really getting into Kyle Mooney's territory there. He kind of is. He kind of is. Yeah, this was a big show for uh, Andrew Dismukes. He had a lot to do in this one. Um, yeah, I would say I would say him and Cruz. I would say him and Chris Red had a lot in, to do in this episode. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a good show for both of them. Um, also, Pete, his voice, big Adam Sandler vibes from Pete in this sketch. Yeah, no, it's if you close your eyes and listen to the sketch, you you can you can visualize Adam Sandler saying all of this stuff. You can almost you can see. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, this, I really liked this. This was funny. Uh, I think this was probably sketch of the night for me. Uh, I would say so too. Like I, I really dug the vibe. I like, you know, it was absurd and silly. And, um, you know, the fact that like they had the testimonials from the, from the girls that took up the services from the place. Mm -hmm. And one of them was talking about how he rented Donovan and he didn't, she didn't understand why he wore like a Polio's Hermano shirt at, at one point during the mm -hmm. night. And he's like, what, you, what even is that? And then, and then Donovan's like, I told you a hundred times. That's the fictional restaurant from Breaking Bad. Yeah. As a Breaking Bad fan, I, I appreciate it. So. And uh, I like towards the end where, of course, they play Get Low and Donovan just goes all wacky with the dance. And then Sarah Sherman just gets like right up to the camera. Like she walks... Mm -hmm. Right up to the camera and says, like, you know, just to, you know, just uh, so reach out to us. We don't have a website and we barely have a phone. And like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I don't know if that was written in a sketch that she goes like directly up to the camera or that was just Sarah being Sarah. But like, I, I think it added to the wacky. I feel like they had to expect that in some fashion. Yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah, either way, I dug the sketch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was funny stuff. Mm -hmm. um, next, we have Eric Adams' press conference. Uh, this was Chris Red playing new New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He was just sworn in on uh, on New Year's. And uh, <sighs> premise on this is, you know, NYC has never had a mayor with this much swagger before. Uh, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised to see this sketch for, uh, for two reasons. Just for one, that it's a it's a press conference sketch. And I was like, oh, we're doing another press conference sketch? We just had a lot the of press conferences. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of sketches with just, like, people at, answering questions from the crowd. Oh, yeah. So. They're, yeah, because they're the third one that comes up. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, also, it kind of surprised me because 
I mean, when de Blasio was mayor of New York, we, we, I don't think they did too many de Blasio sketches. Right. They, they kind of, you know, he was kind of hands off. But now we're just getting into the Eric Adams stuff, which, I mean, it makes sense because even though he's already, you know, you know, been elected mayor and he's, he's already been sworn in, he's already kind of had some, a good amount of controversy swirling around him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they bring it up. His brother's the, the head of his security detail. Yeah. And, uh, of course, that whole thing about, you know, non-essential workers, he said, uh, kind of putting down, you know, what he what he deems is and isn't a skilled worker. Um, yeah. A lot of people a lot of people in New York aren't wild about him because he's an ex-cop and they feel like, all right, well, he's he's just always going to have the NYPD's back and you know, New York's going to become a police state. So he's mm-hmm. but I actually did watch some interviews of people after he got sworn in. And one person literally says, well, he's not de Blasio, so he's off to a good start. Yeah, because, I mean, it it seems to be the thing is no matter who New York's mayor is and no matter what they do, New York is going to hate them by the time they leave office. So, I mean, that seems to be the one constant. Um, Yeah, that seems to be. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be our our New York's uh, time honored tradition. Yeah, I mean, uh, like on New Year's Eve, uh, uh, what's his name, who uh, hosts uh, CNN's New Year's Eve coverage with Anderson Cooper, the Watch What Happens Live guy? Uh, Andy Cohen? or Andy Cohen, yeah. He went off on a rant about de Blasio, um, aided by quite a bit of alcohol, because, you know, they're drinking yes. on air during that. And he, he went on a little rant and... Go YouTube that if you haven't seen that. It's quite entertaining. Um, who boy? Because Andy Cohen is going off, and and Anderson Cooper is just like, oh, 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 okay. Um, yeah, he really treated that like it was his own personal Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's and it's just fun to see Anderson Cooper get flustered. It was fun to see him get flustered with Kathy Griffin. It's fun to see him get flustered with Andy Cohen. <laughs> yeah, a flustered, and, a, a flustered Anderson Cooper is a hilarious Anderson Cooper. And and I just I thank God that we have one guaranteed night a year that we get to see flustered Anderson Cooper, and that's New Year's Eve. That is. <laughs> and, and that is why I didn't watch Miley Cyrus and Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. Edison Cooper's flustered. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, so this was interesting. I was, I was kind of surprised that they did something this New York centric because I'm just like, how much do people in other areas of the country know or care about this? Like we, we get New York news because we here in Jersey, we get like the New York station. So we're, we get very New York centric news here. Um, but yeah, I, I have no idea how much everybody else in the, the country knows or cares about New York stuff, you know? Yeah. I did wonder that, like how much of, like you said, like how many, if you're not in New York, will you even care about this? So I, but I think, what uh, Chris Red did to sort of combat that is to make this person so much of a caricature that you automatically mm-hmm. are like kind of invested and you really like the the sketch. And uh, yeah, I mean, this sketch is all Chris Red. He's he's pretty much doing all the, the heavy lifting in this one. Just making it was it a nice showcase for him. Uh, yeah, and he he did do a very specific character, and it was very funny. Um, I liked how every time he mentioned that he was a cop. 
the number of years he was a cop increased. And he was like, I was a cop for 97 years. And then it was like over 200 years by the end of the sketch. Uh, right. <laughs> this sketch, uh, by the way, I don't think we've mentioned it, was written by Chris Redd and Will Stephen. Um, yeah, it was nicely written, I thought. Yeah, yeah. It's... Um... I think it's I think it's really good. Like you know, he he basically makes Eric Adam like this very overconfident, uh, very swaggered out type of uh, character. Like he comes out to uh, Bad Boys by like Sean Puffy Combs and Mace. <laughs> yeah, he, like you know, and then mm-hmm. he, of course he, he ends every sentence with "Bitch, I'm from New York." Yeah, yeah. So he already has a catchphrase up up there with him. Um, yeah, and I, I just really like the way. Chris Red played it. I like, you know, him having quick lines saying, you know, he starts off every morning getting that thang thang off. You know, you can't start the day without finishing first. Just, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. And he was like, oh, just joking, unless you're into it. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, uh, just putting it out there, you know. Yeah, and then like him having fun with all the other reporters, like him calling... I think a Bowen Yang recently dyed his hair blonde. So yeah. in the sketch, a Bowen Yang plays one of the reporters and he calls him like weird, weird Eminem. Uh, yeah. At yeah. one point, at one point, uh, Heidi Gardner as who's a reporter asked a question and she's, you know, of course blonde and she's wearing like a pink dress and he calls her princess peach, you know, just mm-hmm. like really, really chewing up the scene and really just hamming it up. But, but in a hilarious way. Yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so good stuff, good stuff, and good stuff. nice yeah, showcase yeah. for Chris Red. You know, he he's a guy who deserves like, you know, some breakout roles. So, yeah, I mean, there was that one joke where I think he when they're talking about how his brother he got his brother a job like as a high paid position, and of course I'm saying, hey, isn't that kind of like nepotism? And he's like, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, giving your brother a job. Like, JFK did it all the time. And I'm in New York, I can be your JFK. But unlike JFK, I'm not going to get popped in the head. I'm going to be receiving it. <laughs> like, that was, I was like, whoa. That is, ha. That is, that's questionable. But I, I did laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next we have, uh, a musical guest bleachers. Uh, their first number was how dare you want more. Um, I really like this. I really liked their first number. I, I thought it was fun. It had a lot of energy. Um, gave me that Bruce Springsteen vibe. Like you were talking about before. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, um, I mean, both performances I thought were really great. Uh, of course, like, like everybody said, on Twitter, like, oh, he's doing Bruce Springsteen cosplay, and it's it's hard. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to disagree with that because he's it is very Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Bruce Springstery, I guess. Like like um like Jack has like a white t shirt, blue jeans, just all American, yeah. big band, saxophone players, and uh, two like you know saxophone players, two. Do, I mean, them. do you think band needs two saxophone players, or is that just greedy? That that seems I, excessive to me. You can never have too many saxophones, man. I mean, I really, dude. If it, okay. I'm all for bringing back '80s sax in all types of music in any way possible. I mean, the '80s was like the decade for saxophone, and if we can bring that back, I, I mean, in, look, do not misunderstand me. I am not by any means anti-saxophone. I'm just wondering if any band needs two saxophones. That just seems excessive to me. 
Uh, does any band need two guitarists? How about that? That's that's what I say. Whoa. Man. Whoa. Okay. That's right. Okay. Hot well, takes. I'm you have strong of feelings about this. You have strong I have very hot Yes. I'm I'm a saxophone yeah. apologist and I will I will die on that hill. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun. Like, you know, a lot of energy, really great. I like the first number more than the second. The second was called uh, Chinatown. Second number didn't do quite as much for me, but I still liked him overall. I think that was one of the better musical guests we've had this season. I will agree with that. Um, strong, like you said, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Eddie and the Cruiser vibes I was getting. Mm-hmm. Maybe other bands, too, that kind of take that sort of musical um, musical path, like, you know, Gaslight Anthem, Titus Adronicus, Hold Steady type of vibes. And just the, just the highest of energy. Like, when you see the energy... Mm-hmm. this band puts out on stage, it makes the whole show better. Because we've seen some musical yes. performances where the the artist is really, really kind of lackadaisical and just kind of going through the motions. And that can bring the entire show down. But, like, yeah, that's you, could, true. you could tell Jack came to play. Like, he was just in it. And I loved it. They, they had a lot of energy. They were obviously having a lot of fun playing. And that was infectious i mean that did spread to the audience and it did give the show a lift yes absolutely yeah and also the audience for this show was really hot like did you notice that like they were yeah yeah especially at the beginning of weekend update um they were they were really hot there were like big cheers at the beginning update yeah it was this was a hot crowd and this band uh bleachers just made it even hotter so just already uh, I mean, I guess the main theme throughout this entire show was well, the energy was up throughout the entire show, which I, which I thought was fantastic. I, th- I think I think part of that was people were just grateful to have a live show back to watch. So yes, after the, <laughs> the unfortunate letdown of the the Paul Rudd episode. Yeah, that's true too. But yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, Bleachers. I I'll give them all the bonus points in the world. I thought this two great yeah. performances. Uh, I'll agree with you. The first one's a little bit better than the last, but the last, the second performance, uh, Chinatown was still solid. Yeah. Yeah. I want to check out more of their music. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Mm. So. You've, you've captured my interest bleaches. That's right. I, I want to hear a little more from you. Mm. Um, so next, uh, we had a weekend update with uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che. Michael Che. Michael Che. Michael Che, Michael Che, Michael Che. What'd you say? Um, I, I didn't write down too many jokes uh, from this. I did I did really like um, Che's joke about uh, the, the, the leader of the Oath Keepers was arrested and um, and this is a man who has an eye patch. Um, right. <laughs> and I, I like Jay's line. You know, he looks pretty remorseful. Hopefully he can patch things up. And then he uh, just goes, that was not an eye joke. That was not an eye joke. And I wonder if they were just having flashbacks to when uh, Pete Davidson made that joke about Dan Crenshaw a couple of years ago and then had to do the apology on air the next week with the I mean, they, Crenshaw. Yeah, I mean, they had to have been thinking about that too, because I mean, yeah, they they had they did take shots at a one-eyed uh, person years ago, and that came back to bite them in the in the tuchus. I mean, I don't think but, it'll... This, but this guy's been arrested, so it's totally okay. Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yes. When you're part of a coup, we we can make fun of you. 
I think I think yeah, that's I, fine. I think yeah, I think that's fine. We try to overthrow our government. I think we can have a few yuck em ups at your expense. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> uh, there was a couple. Actually, there, there was a few jokes I wrote down that I liked. Um, I like well, this one point. This one point where uh, Michael Che talks about how uh, this one lesbian bar is offering COVID tests, but instead of doing oh, yes. it the instead of doing it the evasive way, they're just going to grind around the outside. A little bit, <laughs> yeah. Good and then, joke. of course, good joke. Yeah, but then I'll, that also leads into uh, it goes back to Colin Joe's, who had a joke about Taco Bell, and even he, yes. even he acknowledged it. Taco Bell. Oh, that's a that's a terrible transition. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, big, big pop from the audience. Yeah, and we also had an instantaneous uh, uh, GIF of uh, Colin Joe saying "for shizzle." So, yeah. That was kind of fun. Not bad. I'm assuming that was from the dress rehearsal, that fashizzle they got. Yeah, probably. Probably. I would imagine so. Uh, and then we had uh, Chloe Feynman appearing as Elmo. This was riffing on what was like a viral video this week of Elmo from Sesame Street has this big rivalry with Rocco, who's the pet rock of the character Zoe on Sesame Street. Right. Like, I had to look it up, because I had heard about it, I knew it was a thing. So, apparently, like, on an episode of Sesame Street, uh, Elmo has a friend, uh, Chloe, and Chloe has a pet rock called... uh, Zoe. Zoe. I thought it was... Was it Chloe or Zoe? No, it's Zoe. Zoe. The Sesame Street character is Zoe. Okay. Zoe has a pet rock named Rocco, and uh, so they're all hanging out, and I think somebody gives... uh, Zoe and Rocco a cookie, and Elmo doesn't mm-hmm. get a cookie, or they, they ran out of cookies or something like that. And then Elmo's yeah. like, "Oh, I'll just, I'll just take Rocco." Yeah, right. And then Elmo's like, "Oh, I'll just, Elmo will just take Rocco's cookie." And Zoe's like, "No, no, no, that's Rocco's cookie. He wants it." And that, of course, leads Elmo to go down and this weird rabbit hole. It's like, "It's a rock. What are you talking?" He didn't say it like that, but. You know, he, yeah. he might as well. It would be funny it. if Elmo did did start sounding like that, though. If his, like, oh, we talk if his about the freaking several octaves, and yeah, yeah. yeah. if Elmo just went all gangster about it. Yeah. <laughs> talk about the rock. It ain't got it ain't got no mouth. It ain't gonna eat my own. It's a freaking rock here. Now, I this was this was a story that I was only sort of vaguely aware of because although I have great affection for Sesame Street, I am a Gen Xer, so. Elmo and Zoe were both after my time, so I will never consider them like real Muppets. Um, <laughs> they're not canon. They're well, as far as I'm concerned, no. I mean, because you know, I don't have any kids, so I do not watch Sesame Street any longer. So for me, you know, Sesame Street is Oscar, Big Bird, Grover, Burton, Ernie, Snuffleupagus, and nobody sees Snuffleupagus except Big Bird. That's so I'm I'm old school Sesame Street. Um, That's right. So whenever I hear about whatever's going on with Elmo, I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, that's you know that's nice for them, but the Elmo Rocco thing kind of passed me by. But apparently, like this video of like a montage of Elmo freaking out about Rocco just went viral for whatever reason. Yeah, I guess a lot of people kind of identified with Elmo's frustration. I guess about uh-huh. you know Zoe treating 
a pet rock like a like it's an actual person or an actual animal that's she's living gaslighting Elmo, basically. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so they bring this back in this uh, weekend update segment, and then they have Chloe Feynman in this Elmo outfit, which and another right. I, I saw like another thing that they did. That I thought was a good touch where. Like Chloe Feynman's arms aren't part of the costume. Like they have somebody right. puppet, puppeteering her arms. She she's wearing an desk. Elmo thing, and her and and Chloe's real face is, is basically in Elmo's mouth. Um, and she's doing a very convincing Elmo voice. But yeah, her the arms are being puppeteered by some people below the desk, and that was very cute, and that made it more Muppety, you know? Right. Yeah, and uh, and Chloe was actually doing some really good, like kind of her mannerisms were also very muppety. Like Chloe turned into a puppet mm-hmm. just for that, for that for those yeah. few uh, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, this did make me ask myself uh, a, a tough question. I was like, is is it wrong that I'm a little attracted to Chloe as Elmo? I mean that that uh, seems weird. Oh boy, um, Are, did this yeah. awaken something in you, John? It, it might have. It might have. I don't know where this is going to go. This might turn into a whole Dean Dalmatian thing. Um, oh, dear. I don't uh, know. I don't I'm, know. I'm, not... I'm just trying to be upfront about it. Um, okay. We're not, we're not here to king shame. You, you're on your discovery. You're, you're, on, you're on your discovery now. You're discovering something about I, you. I'm that... on my road to discovery. Yes. 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 Um, you're, ha- you're having an awakening. Yeah. Um, I did like when... Uh, Chloe, as Elmo, is saying, like, oh, I wrote an, a letter of apology to Rocco. And then they cut to a photo, and, and it's a recreation of the photo of Patton Oswalt writing his letter of apology. Did you catch this? I, You know what? I didn't catch this until my wife pointed it out to me. And like, okay. I, okay. So when I saw it, I was like, all right, I guess that's funny. And then she was like, no, no, like, no, that's like the Patton thing. I was like, oh, Cause, yeah, cause it Patton, is. Patton Oswalt posted a picture. He Patton Oswalt did a surprise drop-in at one of Dave Chappelle's shows um, because he was playing somewhere nearby. And then he posted a picture, I guess, on Instagram or on uh, Twitter or both of him and Dave Chappelle, like, just sort of arm in arm because they're old buddies that go back a long ways, like 30 years or something like that. And Patton got a lot of blowback for that because Dave Chappelle is getting all this uh, blowback for his anti-trans views. I, th- I think it's fair to call them that, right? I, I would say that problematic, troublesome views on trans people. Yeah. 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 And so that kind of forced Patton to do this whole long apology slash explanation of like, hey, I've been friends with Dave for 30 odd years but we totally disagree about this thing. And I was perhaps naive in that I, you know, didn't realize how triggering this would be for some people. And he, he kind of explained where he was coming from and accompanying that was a picture of him, like writing the apology on like longhand and they recreated that or they Photoshopped Elmo into that. And I, I liked that. I thought that was a cool uh, reference that they put in there. Yeah. It's one of those things where if you don't catch it, you'll, it'll just go right over your head and, I right, didn't, but if, I didn't, if you do catch it, it's an extra level of humor. Yes, I, I dug that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so but I yeah, thought I thought I thought this was one of the standout things of the night. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think it's 
I mean, Chloe did some really good character work as Elmo in it. That's Elmo freaking mm-hmm. out about how everybody was treating uh, Rocco with respect. Because, like, as the sketch, as the uh, segment goes on, uh, Michael Che brings out Rocco as a guest, and Rocco gets his own chair. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, and they were asking, "What's Rocco doing here?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, he came in uh, a few days ago. He, you know, he had to get a COVID test before he came in here." And of course, that leads yeah. Elmo to freak out by like, how, "Like how? He doesn't have a respiratory system. He's a rock." Right. And then, yeah. And then, and then it emerges that Rocco is going to be the uh, upcoming uh, host and musical guest on the February nineteenth show. So uh, yeah. And this this is after like Elmo like asked if he could host someday, and you know Che's like, "Well, you know, maybe." And, and Rocco's already going to be hosting a musical guesting. So right. uh, yeah, Elmo freaks out. Yeah, and like Elmo freaks out. I think at one point he like smacks Rocco to the ground or something, and then Che's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Calm down, Elmo. You know Rocco's family is here." And then they cut to a chair with just a big rock and a bunch of little pebbles around on it. Yeah, yeah, uh, so. yeah. I I dug this sec- section. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, kid stuff. Kid stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So weekend update. Thumbs up all around. Thumbs up. Pretty good weekend update. Yes. Um, next we had a sketch called New Governess. This was a parody of The Sound of Music with, uh, Kate McKinnon once again hauling out her Julie Andrews impression. And, uh, a very ethnically diverse (laughs) Von Trapp family, or, or the Von Trapp's family's neighbors. Um, we, we had, we had Bowen, uh, Chris, Sarah, uh, Chloe and Andrew Deuce Mukes as the the neighbor kids from the Von Trapp family. And, and premise is Maria, Fraulein Maria says that she's way too busy with the Von Trapps to be their governors as well. So she brings in another friend of hers from the Abbey. And it's uh, Ariana Gibbs. And she sings a version of Doe a Deer with uh, some, some interestingly updated lyrics. Right, like a doe, a thing that Homer Simpson says, and yeah. uh, you know, you lots know, of tea. references to Queen Latifah. Yes, <laughs> you know, uh, T, the shape of an IUD, and you know, you know, so an album by Peter Gabriel. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's pretty much the whole sketch. <laughs> yeah, um, that was cute. It was funny. Um, I don't think it was as good as the Sound of Music parody they did a few years ago with John Mulaney and Cecily Strong. Uh, with John Mulaney, when they were doing 16 going on 17, with John Mulaney constantly updating his age and moving it up. Um, oh, yes. This was cute, though, and it gave it gave Ariana and Kate a chance to sing. So, Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, the cast was having fun. Uh, yeah, this sketch was charming enough. I think it might have gone mm-hmm. on a little too long. Like, you know, maybe they could yeah. shorten it up a, a bit. But, um, I don't know, overall, I, I thought it was, like, yeah, charming enough, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the end, it had, um, at the end, it had uh, Keenan as the dad coming out singing, instead of Edelweiss, he's singing Curly Fries and singing about French mm-hmm. fries. And I was like, all right, that's, I mean, it's not like, you know, when I describe it, it doesn't sound that hilarious, but it's like one of those things where the material isn't that strong, but the performance kind of, you know, brings it up a few notches. Yeah. Uh, this so, sketch, by the way, was written by Dan Beulah and Jake Nordwind. Mm. And uh, 
Oh, you know, and I forgot to mention on Weekend Update, I may as well throw that in now. Uh, they had uh, the Elmo and Rocco feature that was written by Chloe Feynman and Jake Nordwind. And they also Ooh. had guest writers, Mike Lawrence and Dave Cirrus. Both hey! of them guest on this podcast. How about that? Shout out to Mike and Dave. Yeah, so that's cool. Oh. Uh, I don't know what uh, jokes were specifically theirs, but yeah, maybe, maybe we should reach out to them and find out what they contributed to this update. Right, ab- absolutely. Far out. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all I had to write. I didn't write much about the... Uh, the new governess sketch. So, you know, well, shall we move on to Sappho? Yeah. Sappho. Sappho. I don't have writing credits for this one. I'm going to guess that Kate McKinnon had a hand in this uh, because it just seems like such a Kate thing. That's a safe, that's a safe bet. Yeah. So, uh, we, we got a lecture at Cornell. Uh, Mikey day is hosting this and, uh, we have uh, Kate and Ariana as guest lecturers. They've discovered new poems by the the poet Sappho from, yes. from the Isle of Lesbos. Ancient uh, Greek poetess, yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, they all have uh, lesbian themes, but they, they're they all suspiciously on the nose for today's, <laughs> for today's times. Yes. Yes. Uh... They translate all these old poems. Uh, they translate the things like uh, Wind in the Mountain, Eyes of Goldenwood, We Broke Up Helena, Please Get Your Sandals Out of Here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even yes. right, right off the beginning of the sketch, where um, it's Mikey Day who's introducing them, he's the host, you know, he's, and he'd like to thank the corporate sponsor, uh, Faye Yogurt. And Faye, be careful how you say it. Yes. Because that's just good advice for life, I think. Yeah, I mean, you got yeah that that yogurt. You really got to be careful what, when you pronounce it because it is that's, it is a yeah, mind. I'm not even going to attempt it. Um, that that name is a minefield. Yes, um, I I did like how later on in the sketch, uh, Kate's translating one of the poems, and and the line is, uh, "I don't care if Helen of Generous was mean; she did a lot." Uh, you think James of Corton is a walk in the park? Um, I like that just partly because of the cleverness of of the name Helen of Generous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Helen the Generous! Oh, you know what? I just got that just now. As soon as you said, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I literally so went totally over Darren's head, <laughs> folks. I watched that sketch twice. And I didn't get it until just now. I wow, okay. wow! Did you get the James Corden joke? Uh, I the James Corden I got because you know, but okay, okay. Helen of I don't the word I don't. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, all right. I'm a, I'm a dope. I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I oh, guess boy. I guess they hit, hit the H a little too hard on that one. So I, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean this. You watched this, uh, this sketch twice. You say? I swear I watched it twice. I didn't get it either time. <laughs> oh lordy! <laughs> yeah, that makes my day. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, John. You're welcome. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and and I li- I liked how the the last poem they uh, they translate. It's just Indigo Girls lyrics, and it just ends with them all jamming out to the Indigo Girls. Again, another thing I didn't get until they played the Indigo Girls song. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that Indigo Girls. Because, like, I mean, as much as a music yeah. nerd I am, I don't know much about the Indigo Girls. That's, like, my, that's probably one of my blind spots. So, oh, okay. I don't know. This, okay. uh, yeah, I, I know yeah. the Indigo Girls, or at least that album, uh, decently. So, yeah, as soon as they right. started on those lyrics, I was like, ah, I see what you're doing. Um, right. And the song is uh, Closer to Fine. By, like, the, I guess that's, like, their yeah, big kind of radio hit. Uh, yeah, I think that was like one of their breakout hits. I mean, that's from like their first album. Um, yeah, I got to see them open for R.E.M. back in the day. So it was a oh, good show. nice. Oh, far out. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, nice. So um, that was, I saw them like I had not heard of the Indigo Girls at that point. Uh, but uh. I saw them and I was like, I like the Indigo Girls. I'm going to buy this album. And so I. Oh, fantastic. How is it? Good. It's a good album. It's a good album. That that came cool. out, you know, uh, 1989, 1990-ish, something like that. So Michael Stipe right. even sings on a couple songs. Ooh, I was not aware. Mm-hmm. I, I got it. All right. I guess I got to get into some Indigo Girl stuff. Um, well, yeah, I mean, this, please do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I like the sketch. I thought it was good. It's definitely, it definitely skews towards a... Uh, LGBT, LGBTQIA audience, I think. Because like there were mm-hmm. a lot of lines in, the, in this sketch where I thought it was okay, but got huge pops from the audience. Like that one yeah. where um, Ariana uh, is uh, transcribing a poem, and the poem goes, uh, Golden rain, river lambs, or river lands, Nancy, we just met, you're a scary bitch. Nancy, move in with me. They yeah. got they got a huge pop out of the audience. I think this whole sketch was kind of geared towards uh, 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 gay women, if I can, if I can, uh, if I, 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 I that I don't think that's too much of a leap to say. Yes, okay. I think that is a fair assessment. <laughs> I'm um, trying not to I cancel, John. To say that you and I were not the target audience of this sketch, uh, but I I still enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I got a kick out of it. There's a, mm-hmm. This whole show had a very fun vibe to it, I will say. Uh, they were enjoying themselves, yes. Yes, yes absolutely. Um, all right, lastly, we have uh, Kitchen Staff. This is uh, at a Longhorn Steakhouse in Texarkana. And we have um, James Austin Johnson and Ariana as the two workers. Wonderful wig on, mm. uh, on James, by the way. Oh, my God. This is magnificent. Yeah, uh, the ma- and the main. Yeah, and Heidi's character comes in and she says "lur" at the end of every sentence. Everyone's doing these exaggerated Cajun accents. Yeah, this this sketch was just like beyond silly. It was just, it's like literally, it seemed this was like a sketch where it's like almost just for them, where just everybody's just using an yeah. over the top exaggerated Creole accent. And just mm-hmm. almost saying just gibberish at points. Like yeah, at one point, I mean, you there are times you cannot clearly make out what they're saying, and you know, so it's just like, oh, hi, oh, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like um, at one point, yeah, at one point, Alex Moffat comes in talking about um, Heidi Gardner's character, who's like apparently the manager, 
and like you know they're they're all talking about her saying you know you know she she you know Miss Lou she come in and tell me I'm supposed to be sweeping the the parking lot at the end of the day like I don't know I'm supposed to be sweeping the parking lot at the end of the day because at the end of the day it's the end of the day and I know what I sweep like it's it's I'm I'm sound like I'm making fun of it but it's it literally gets almost to that point where it's just. That that just, is pretty much a direct <laughs> translation of what they were doing in the sketch. It's uh, pretty this much sketch, by the just, way, written. Who's it, it written by? This uh, sketch, by the way, written by Andrew Dismukes, Billy uh, Domino, and uh, James Austin Johnson. Yeah, because this, I mean, it's a fun sketch. You can see a, a few times like Ariana was like very close to breaking just because of the ridiculousness of it and just how everybody's just yeah. doing these over-the-top Creole accents and just chewing up the scenery like nobody's business. Uh-huh. And it's... Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just a fun uh-huh. one, I thought. What y'all doing in here, Lur? I'm just... You know, y'all supposed to be making a salad for all these people out there, Lur. Yeah, like the way I'm doing um, it, it, it makes me smile just because it's so just ridiculous. It's 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 the weird sort of stuff you expect at uh, ten to one. Um, yes, very much so. <laughs> so yeah, this is it, it. It was weird, but it was it was amusing. I I, I totally agree, and I think I yeah. at the end of the you know at the end of the day, it's the end of the day. Ho ho ho. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 fun Creole. Nonsense, and uh, you know the peace and lure. Everybody, I got a kick out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, and that and that was the show. There, there's uh, one cut for time sketch that's up on the YouTube channel. Uh, it's called All on Me. This is another uh, Chris Red centric sketch. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, and basically the premise is, uh, Chris Red. He plays this rapper. You know, it's like talking about how much money he has and he just got signed and he's you know he's balling now so they they opened the club with his girl and his boy and it's like yeah everybody it's all on me it's all on me and you know and it's like a rap video about how you know he's just spending money throwing it away like it ain't a thing and then of course chloe Feynman comes at him with the bill for everything and it's like over four forty thousand dollars or four hundred you know some mm-hmm. astronomical amount and of course he has a heart attack almost because it's that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And then he he starts, uh, he, he takes up like a Venmo collection and then he, he gathers up people's credit cards and asks them to split it. And then, and we, we find out that uh, Keenan's character is getting even more extravagant. He's like buying houses and in cars and diamonds and, and it's all on Chris Red. Right. Like he buys a house um, for his mom and a car for his mm-hmm. mom. And a house for his mom's car, and, and yeah. house, you know, rims and gold teeth for his kids, and it just, it you know, just goes, just goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I felt like this was a little funnier in concept than execution. I, I thought it, it took a really long time to get to the turn. Uh, I think they could have done that in like half the time, and it would have worked as well. Um. So I, I looked at this and I was like, okay, yeah, this is cute. Um, but I kind of see why it was cut. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, it's it's, it's an interesting idea, but yeah, it doesn't really kind of go anywhere, really. It kind of hits mm-hmm. the same note over and over again, like how, oh, yeah, we're, all, we're buying everything and it's all on him and the guy's sweating it. 
And, uh, yeah. you know, at the end, his girl, played by Ariane DeBose, says she's pregnant with his baby, and that causes him to freak out a little bit more. But it doesn't really, it kind of meanders, it kind of really go anywhere. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. fine. This got cu- I'm fine. This got cut. It really, it's it's an all right yeah, sketch, yeah. but it's that's not really a, you know, it's not a home run or nothing. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, by the way, the uh, writers list for this episode it's updated a little bit uh, since I gave some of the writing credits. Uh, it looks like Sarah Sherman also wrote on the winter formal sketch, and uh, some other uh, people who contributed to the Elmo and Rocco segment on update were Dambula. Mike DiCenzo and Ben Silva. So we just want to give them all their due credit. Yes. Give them their flowers, if you will. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, so that, th- that was the show. Uh, not a bad show, I'd say. I think it was I think it was a decent show. It wasn't there wasn't much that like really blew me away, but I thought it was it was fun. And I think uh, Ariana DeBose was a strong host. I think she was stronger than the material a lot of times. But I think she was she was game. She had a lot of energy. Um, she did a nice job. Yeah, I think I'll, uh, I'll echo those sentiments. Uh, I thought the show was a very high-energy show. Like, um, I mean, the bleachers really definitely added to that. Uh, some of the sketches were yeah. okay, but I think the vibes and the energy in the studio kind of elevated it like it, it elevated okay material to pretty good and yeah you know, yeah and the, I, I think, think the everybody was just really excited to be back so yeah after exactly. the unexpected uh, turn that the paul rudd show took yeah i would say that too like i mean even then that um the sapo sketch that like there were some lines that i thought were okay but got huge mm-hmm. responses from the audience like huge like almost like applause breaks and I was like, wow. This, now, do this you think those, those were more lines that you just did not understand in Maybe. either of the two times you watched that sketch? Possibly. <laughs> it's very possible. Okay. You know, yeah. You know, Hulk not good with words. But, uh, okay. guys, but uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was like a fun show. I thought it was like a very loose show, especially towards the end, uh, where, mm-hmm. you know, they were getting more kind of relaxed and loose with it and weren't afraid to be silly. There were like a lot of sketches that were just flat out kind of silly and they were ridiculous and they were fine with it and they were able to you know carry it and elevate it and you know they they were clearly having fun the audience was having fun all around a fun energetic loose and silly episode i dug it yep yep all right well should we get into uh some of the the twitter comments oh yeah let's do that we got twitter comments oh twitter comments we 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 got a Twitter account at SNL Nerd Show. We ask people, "Hey, what'd you think of this show?" And then they come back at us, and they're like, "Hey, this is what we thought." And then and then we read that stuff, and then we we comment on that. And that's yeah. the thing that we do. That is a thing that we do. So, that is a thing that yeah. we do. So uh, our friend Mikey, Mikey with two E's, says J A J cold open was fine, but I thought the monologue could have been better. Uh, Ariana seemed more than capable of delivering jokes, but felt way underused in the whole episode. Uh, yeah, she was a little light for the host, I think. Um, Weekend Update was probably the highlight for me, followed by Urkel and the 10 to 1. Oh, and enjoyed Chris Red's mayor, too. Yeah, see, I think a lot of people don't know, like, like if you don't live in the New York City uh, tri-state area, you don't know much about Eric Adams, and you don't know how he's 
how Chris Red is kind of playing him. So it just comes off mm-hmm. as a sort of brand new character that Chris Red is portraying. Like you don't know like what he's basing it off of. So you, I guess you get. Yeah, well, I, I feel like it's it's kind of what like Fred Armisen did with that. Uh, was it was it like the governor who was like legally blind? Oh, uh, he came on the scene. He... Yeah, uh, Patterson. I mean, I just know. Yeah. I just I remember his last name because it's my last name. But, uh, okay. Floyd Patterson, Lloyd Patterson. Something like that. I, I don't know. Um, oh. But I mean, I, I think they just had like this flimsy basis in reality, and they just kind of steered that into here's this bizarre character on that because he was like he would be like this Catskills comic making jokes about New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey, yeah, so, yeah, which I don't think had much relation to what the real guy was like, um, you know, outside of the the legal blind part. Um, right. And oh, he, uh, he just end every segment with him just sort of wandering off on stage and not realizing that he was still on camera. Um, so I feel like Chris Red was maybe doing something similar with this with Eric Adams here. Right. Uh, by the way, that person, uh, David Patterson, who was the governor, who who uh, succeeded. Okay. Who succeeded uh, Elliot Spitzer? Remember him? Yep. Ooh. Hmm. Well, so. let's let's just leave it at that. Uh huh. So this okay. This was our New York elected officials segment. <laughs> <laughs> New York talk. Uh. So, uh, Darren James at Mod Revolve says, uh, uh, Chris Red wins the night hands down. So, yeah, yeah, big night for Chris. Big yeah, night big... for Andrew Dismukes. Yeah, I mean Chris Red as um, I mean he was in the governor sketch, of course the the mayor sketch, of uh, mm-hmm. the pre tape with Urkel. Um, he yeah. was he he was in the Sappho sketch as one of the people in the audience. A lot of Chris Red. A lot of Chris Red. Yep, a lot of Chris Red. A lot of you know, audience asking questions of people in formal press conferences or in lecture scenarios. A lot of that. Maybe like one too many of that, but uh, whatever. Uh, let's see. Next, we have uh, Boardman gets paid at uh, Lehat. Lehat he lion or Le- Le- Leo Hot. the lion? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that that handle breaks down. So yeah, Leho the Hot lion. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm giving up. I'm just I'm throwing the flag in. Uh, they say, I have not seen the episode yet because Hulu, so instead I will just display my attempt to be involved. Hi, guys. I'm sure we had a home run episode. Go sports! Uh, so, well, thank you for being involved, Boardman. Uh, we yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Um, nice hustle out there. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for being part of the team. Thanks for being part of the team. And we uh, hope you get to see the episode on Hulu eventually and, and tell us what you think of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, I've lost Jupiter at I've lost mm-hmm. Jupiter saying uh, I oh, thoroughly man. yeah 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 <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed the episode Bleachers reminded me of Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band Chloe's e- Elmo was probably the best part for sure although Urkel the slaughtering of the kings and the rest of Weekend Update all shine pretty bright hashtag Paper Covers Rock okay I just double and we have he tweets again or she or they tweeted uh okay i just doubled back and watched the cold open that i missed earlier as a manager at a theater this made me laugh so hard 
Uh, oh, the, the Spider-Man thing. Okay, the yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. All right. Well, what are the, what do they mean by the slaughtering of the kings? I don't. I'm not getting that. It took me a minute because when I read that, I was like, "Oh, was there a medieval sketch that I'm forgetting?" No, he's talking about the Sacramento Kings in the basket and the NBA TNT. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Yeah, all right. right. I was just remembering them by the uh, city and not the, the team name. Okay, gotcha. right. Yeah, that took me a minute right, too. I'm I'll... Right, and uh, we uh, uh, your good friend Scott Hume at MNS mm-hmm. Hume says. It was fine, yeah. although I was disappointed at No Cecily. Was hoping for a Schmigadoon reunion. The timing of the sketch for the new NYC mayor was weird to me, as it felt like it could have been a cold open. Also, I didn't remember that NYC had a, has a new mayor. And, right. Because yeah. Scott's in Minnesota. Why would he? Why is he paying attention to New York politics? Yeah. Outside of to follow SNL sketches, I, I can't think of a reason. Yep, fair enough, so, fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah, it would have been really nice if uh, Cecily could have shown up, and I'm sure she would have had fun with uh, Ariana. But, yeah, since she's doing her One Woman on Show on Broadway and doesn't have an understudy for that, uh, it's understandable. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Because if she gets sick, that's the whole shebang. Yeah, and then, um, it's yeah, that's got to be tough, because like, you have a lot of people's jobs or kind of depending on you like if you don't show up then yeah i mean exactly because i mean if she can't do the show then that's it then that's it for the crew the crew's got nothing to do <laughs> so damn wow yeah, yeah. with so great she's, she's got a lot on her shoulders yeah oh with and, great uh, power oof yeah comes great responsibility that's it yeah <laughs> I knew, I knew, I knew you just saw Spider-Man, man. I did. I did. In fairness, I just got that uh, Sappho joke. So, you know. That's true. Mind. That's true. You are slow on the uptake. Yes. Hulk not good with words. We've yeah. talked about this. So, and, uh, oh, there was a bit of an exciting bit of news that broke during the show. We found out who the host and musical guests are going to be for next week. Ba-ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Will Forte is going to come back and host the show. So that's hot, cool. Hot dog. Yeah. I, uh, I was actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Cause like, I, it's one of those things where I, part of me thought maybe it might not even happen because I mean, Will mm-hmm. Forte is a fantastic, you know, actor and he was a great cast member, but he wasn't one of those cast members that was like kind of in the spotlight. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like, like he wasn't. He, did, he didn't break out the way like a Will Ferrell did, or or yeah, or even yeah. like a Bill Hader did. Um, yeah, and, uh, but but he was a reliable cast member, and he and he delivered a lot. He delivered a lot of cool classic moments. Right, because like I mean, when he during his tenure on SNL, he I think he was on the same time as you know Kristen Wiig, Bill Hader, Sudeikis, uh, Sandberg, yeah. and all of them kind of you know were like became sort of the darlings of the show and like he will forte right. was he was always one of those guys he was there his stuff could be a little weird sometimes but he was a yeah. solid solid performer he barely broke one of my favorite things he did was that spelling bee sketch with him and um chris parnell and it ended with uh you know the greatest band in the world right. today's d like it, he he does like off offbeat stuff like that and he's really good and he's a solid performer but he was never 
in the spotlight like that. Like so to see him hosting this show really I mean, I don't know maybe if, if it was COVID that maybe had a plan in it, like maybe or what, but like to see him host, I I'm really happy to see this and I'm, I'm Well, really I mean also he's it. he's got the new uh McGruber show on uh Peacock, I think it is. Um, yes, yes, so, yes. Yeah, he's he's promoting that. Um I saw him recently. I was on uh Seth he was he did a day drinking segment with Seth Myers on his show. So yeah, he's he's having a moment. And uh, he's had a lot of good stuff. Uh, you are a big fan of the MacGruber movie. I um, enjoy. I, the... I think it's a safe bet we'll see a uh, MacGruber sketch or two next Ooh. week. Oh, hot damn! Now you're cooking. So that'll be cool. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess those things were written by the Lonely Island guys. From I don't know. Maybe they'll come back and write a few MacGrubers, or maybe the Please Don't Destroy guys will write a MacGruber, or. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, I think other people could write a McGruber if need be. I think the formula is pretty clear. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you have something blow up thirty seconds in, <laughs> <laughs> and they make it look easy. It's a lot more complicated than that, John. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, and also, as the musical guest, we have uh, Main Skin. Yeah, this I've never heard of this band before. This was a very interesting choice. Uh, so basically, mm-hmm. I looked it up. Uh, Main Skin, they're a rock band from Italy. And um, they, okay. came, they came to prominence from being on um, the Italian version of X Factor. And I, I think they came in 11th. Right. They came in 11th place. And then uh, they won the Eurovision Song Contest last year, which is... Uh, an actual thing. It's something that Will Ferrell made a movie about, along with uh, Rachel. Right. I forget Rachel Vice, maybe or McAdams. McAdams, the other Rachel. My apologies. And yeah, uh, yeah so McAdams. yeah, so uh, they're like a. I guess they're they've been described as sort of glam rock, kind of hard rock, a little bit of metal and some funk mix in. But yeah, they're just. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so they're this rock band from uh, Rome, Italy. And uh, they're, you know, they're they're a pretty big deal overseas and Europe and whatnot. And now they're, you know, about to make a big splash in in America on the uh, on the SNL stage, which uh, I'm I'm really interested. Yeah, I'm really interested in this because uh, I think one of the things we've talked about on SNL how is how as far as as far as it goes with a musical guest, they usually kind of go. They take they have a few types of uh, music that they go to. They go to like country musicians pop pop rock or rap hip-hop and they don't really venture out of that so to have them bring in this uh band that may be more well known across the pond this international band i i really i really enjoy it i, I really like would like to see them shake it up a little bit more as far as music goes i'd like to see them have more world music i'd like to see them have you know, maybe some jazz, throwing some uh, some jazz music in there as far as the band goes. Sure. So, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not shake it up? So to, for them to have this band on, who is um not really well known in in America, but you know, it's starting to blow up a bit. I'm I'm very I'm very intrigued by this. Well, we'll find out what they're all about next week on uh, on the twenty second. So, absolutely, Will Forte and Main Skin. This is. This is a this is gonna be a very interesting show. I'm I'm looking forward to it. This is exciting. This is exciting. Yeah, it's always yeah. fun when an ex cast member comes back to host because uh, you get to see him 
revisit some of their old characters and you get to see them mix with uh, cast members who've joined since they've left the show. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a hoot and a half. Yep. It's going to be a hoot and a half. So Mm -hmm. I I think, I think that's about everything, right? Do we have anything else to cover? No, I think we're good. I think that's it. And folks, that's our episode. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, mm-hmm. you could follow us on Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. Uh, yes. You can hit us up on our uh, Patreon at non-productive.com. Go to the Patreon page at non-productive.com. Mm-hmm. Give us some money. You know, uh, gimme, gimme, gimme. Money, money, money. It's, 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 that's and you get some uh, cool bonus content. Uh, yeah. When you do that. Uh, yeah, because we, we, we like to, yeah, we, we have opinions about other things, sometimes SNL related, sometimes not SNL related. And uh, yeah, we, we save those and uh, you get to hear that when you yeah. contribute yes. to the Patreon. Give me some money. So do And that. Uh, also, if you can uh, rate and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts or the uh, podcast app of your choice, that really does help us out as well helps uh, boost our profile and uh, yeah so if you can uh, give us a, a five star review and uh, and type up what you think we really appreciate that and we'll yeah. read that on the show absolutely and as always you can follow me on twitter and instagram at darren credible that's d-a-r-i-n credible yes and you can follow me on uh, twitter and instagram at trumbull comic that's t-r-u-m-b-u-l-l and then the word comic Oh, and I should also mention, I'm also, uh, I was just recently on another episode of Cheers Cast, the podcast all about Cheers, um, where I did another episode where I talked about the uh, fourth season finale, uh, Strange Bedfellows Part 3, that uh, dropped on December 30th, and I've forgotten to mention it the last couple episodes. So uh, go check that out, Cheers Cast, uh, with my friend Ryan Dale. That's always a lot of fun. Fantastic. Yeah, check that out, guys. Check that out, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, we'll we'll be back next week with uh, Will Forte and Mainskin, and yeah. uh, we'll see you then. But until then, nerds, nerds out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.